you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. I hope that this finds you well. Kevin, hope this that this finds you well. He's still sitting there in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We're not going to be able to say that next time. Probably next time you hear us speak, we'll be speaking together at Camp Joy in Whitewater, Wisconsin. By the time you heard that, we've been through this, and we're leaving the Monday after you hear this. We're starting a camp in Bemidji, Minnesota, and we want you to be part of it. Get a hold of us. It's up there by the Canadian border, uh, just a short country drive from anywhere in the United States. States of America. So you'll see Kevin, you'll be driving down the road and you'll see a big coach header down there. So Kevin, when do you expect to head over to Bemidji? Um, you, you know, and I was just not thinking, I forgot to mention that after Camp Joy, I'll be coming back one day to, was to uh, Milwaukee for a TV interview hey, man. Uh, on, on VCY America, with the chapter leader, which is the pastor of the church is hosting the wounded spirits here in Milwaukee. But, but anyway, that'll be good, but I'm headed to Bemidji. Um, Lord will So my mother's having a little bit of struggle, so we'll see how that goes. But the plan is to, to arrive in Bemidji, uh, the, probably the Friday before, if I can. And then, uh, uh, be coming from Superior, Wisconsin, down to Bemidji, and I think it's an easy one-day drive. Um, and I might be stopping and seeing someone that wants to start a chapter up there. Oh, praise be to God! And uh, old Superior, Wisconsin, man, I've actually been there, and uh, all these cool places. God's so good to those of us who travel in the ministry. He lets us see these cool places and do things. And so, as we move along, we've we've increased the difficulty a little bit. But I got to tell you, Kevin's been nailing them. Uh, so here we are on a Thursday. He's got two of the first three right, and I, I'm going to tell you, he's going to nail this one too. I believe. What was Daniel's punishment? for praying when it was not allowed they tossed him in the old den of lions there it is folks i'm telling you we are now three out of four so it's it's starting to happen good things are happening uh kevin's at 75 percent that's a you know that's a c average that's pretty solid man that's a that's my high school education right there so it's a, it's Things are starting to happen. So we, we promise. So as we, we, we've had a few hard days. So we came in, we were talking about avoidance, and then we, we went the next day and we talked about dealing with physical abuse on Tuesday. Yesterday, we talked about the unthinkable, the unimaginable, the terrible, dealing with rape. Today, we want to give you some promise, and we want to let you know there's a few things God wants you to know. So there's four. I'm going to share two with you today, and then we're going to close out the week sharing two more. But I think the first thing God wants us all to know is we're not alone. The Bible says those of us who've been through troubles, been through hard times, uh, the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed. We read that yesterday, a refuge in times of trouble. And now we're adding on verse number 10 on that. So Psalm 9, 9 and 10. And they that know my name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek him. And so our pain, our fear, our anger, our sadness, none of that is too much for God. 
Um, God sees us. He knows us. We, we remember Hagar. Uh, Hagar is the one who said, and she called on the name of the Lord, and, and thou God seest her. He seest us in these times. He sees us. We're not alone. And uh, the second thing I want you to know is it's not your fault. Uh, God's pretty clear when he tells us it's not our fault. It's, uh, you know, it's not what we wore. It's not what we acted out. It's not Deuteronomy 22, something Kevin talked about yesterday. Um, the punishment for a rape was the death of the rapist. These civil wars began. We know that. But I want you to know something. God doesn't view this as your fault. It doesn't matter what you were wearing, what you were drinking, what you were doing. Rape and abuse is never your fault. So I want you to remember yeah. two things today. I want you to remember you're not alone. God sees you. And, uh, and number two, I want you to know that God doesn't see this as your fault. This is not your fault. So, Kevin, you, you look at these two things, and, and that's exciting. Yeah. Boy, the fact that you're never alone, right? That was the first one. And, um, <clears throat> you know, loneliness and being set up in a, <clears throat> excuse me, in a situation where you are just hopelessly you know, isolated where you just feel like, yeah, no one understands. Nobody cares. If I did tell one, tell someone they're not going to get it. Um, the, and, and, and it's, it snowballs. We have this tendency to, to isolate ourselves. I do where, you know, you shut down and you're like, you know, okay. In a relationship, for instance, if there's a problem in a relationship and you just try a few times and then you say, wow, you know, I'm just alone in this thing and it splits the relationship up, that's never good. And so, you know, to, to the need to communicate is just so vital. But um, if we just, number one, recognize we are never alone. God, you know, the Bible says he was afflicted in all their affliction. And um, the Lord is a very present help in time of trouble. Present means he is right there. In fact, in the New Testament, in John 14, 15, and 16, over and over, Christ said, I am sending a comforter. So whereas I've been physically with you, you've not been alone. The comforter is going to come in lieu of that, and he's going to be inside of you, and it's going to be better yet. And you're going to be more victorious because of that that connection to him. So, yeah, the, the fact that we've got this, it says, you know, comforter. It's one called alongside to help, a paraclete. So he is coming. <clears throat> he is right there um, to 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 say, you know what, it, it'll be all right. You know, kind of grab your shoulder and say, stop. You don't need to do this or to, you know, kind of brush your hair, so to speak, and say, you're going to be fine. I know you're all ate up. So yeah, that's the that is an awesome major first line of of healing is to recognize that I am not alone and the second is not my fault. So, you know, I think <clears throat> we can realize that we're not alone, but if we're sitting there beating ourselves, like you said, Doug, if if I am thinking I have some part in this. Number one, am I being lied to by the devil or by a narcissist? So, yes, establish any of this kind of guilt stuff that's outside of the word of God that does not come with a a um, a an attraction to Jesus Christ to come unto him with that burden and offload it. 
you know, when when I feel guilt from Jesus Christ, it's a guilt of being loved and I'm being stupid to not offload that thing. That's conviction. But condemnation that comes from Satan is on the contrary with a feeling of there's no hope again. Um, there's no reason to come to Jesus Christ. He's not interested anyway, because of something I've done. I'm defiled. You know, I've been, uh, uh, humbled, like it says in rape, you know, in the, in the scripture says he hath humbled her. So I have been so humiliated by what I went through. I, it's just, I'm so bad off. Why go to him? So no, it, there's stop beating yourself. I, I am just so, I'm so aware from my own life, Doug, from some traumas that I've been through of beating myself so many times that it took God to come to me and say, stop that. I am for you. I'm not mad at you. I'm glad you're willing to own things, but you're not owning the right thing here. Own this, that I own you and allow me to have my way. And that will be all that's necessary. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. You be the potter, I'll be the clay. But I was thinking, too, that first thing. I love Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Folks, whatever shadow we're in, the shadow of abuse, the shadow of death, the worst shadows of them all, God is with us at any time in our life. God is with us. Rest in that. Be happy about that. We've mentioned over and over again, we're in his hand and nobody can get us out. We find ourselves in a new chapter today as we continue on with the life of Christ. We're in chapter John chapter 11, verses one through six. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was Mary. And whenever you hear me say Martha, that's a New England for Martha. I just want to share that with you. It was Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, what the Son of God might be, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. So uh, God gets the word now. He's got some friends there. The Bible says he loved these ladies. We know he loves all of us. But you get this feel. This is a close-knit group going on here. And we're going to see in a little while uh, tomorrow just how close and what's going on. But he gets the word. That Lazarus is sick. Hey, hang with us a second. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
So we know some things uh, about Mary in the, you know, the, the first two verses come right out and mention that they were residing together where Mary and Martha live in Bethany and these two sisters live there. We remember in a previous passage uh, that Mary anointed Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. We remember uh, when we talked about this earlier on that it, it was a, a normal thing to have some fresh water and, and where people could wash their feet. Most of them walked without shoes or just with sandals it was dusty it was dirty and here's mary who answers the day and and so we know that mary and martha were a big deal uh to jesus he loved them he loved lazarus who was sick but the response here when he hears that lazarus is sick is he goes on and i love this and uh, when he heard, therefore, he was sick, he abode, he stayed there. But remember verse 4, when Jesus heard that he said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. And so what we're seeing here is God saying, it's okay. You know, this sickness is not unto death. It's for the glory of God. It's uh, so he lets the people around him know. Remember, he's still he's hanging in a good place. They got rid of a lot of the knuckleheads, and he gets word about Lazarus, and he hangs out there for a couple of days. It's all right. It's not unto death. So the Lord says it's okay. That's better than hearing it from any doctor. That's better than hearing it from anyone. Kevin, he's saying it's okay. It's not unto death. It's so that God may be glorified. Yeah, it's interesting that God wanted to bring glory to his son, Jesus, and Jesus wanted to bring glory to his father by this death of someone that was sick. And we know that Jesus kind of delayed his coming there because uh, he wanted to give the guy a chance to die. Yeah. And <clears throat> how many times do we go through a situation where like, Lord, why the delay? Why the delay? And the reason is, is because God, number one, God wants to give a, an opportunity to bring glory to himself, to his son through this. And number two, he wants to bring good to us. And why does he want to do that? Behold, he whom thou lovest is sick of all things. God chose to allow someone whom he greatly loved, this man Lazarus, to allow him to go through a, 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 the throes of a horrible illness and die and then be raised from the dead and come back with these stinky, smelly grave clothes, but it was all going to be okay. But it was all a choice of a man that loved God. And I can't, I just can't help thinking, I just can't get this off my mind that Lazarus, I don't know that there's a word recorded in the New Testament by the man. He's not noted for anything that he did, He, but rather he's noted for dying. So it's what happened to him. He's noted for a trauma in his life. That's the recorded instance of, of this man was not what he said, not what he did, but what happened to him. And then second is that Jesus loved him. And uh, in fact, Jesus cried about this thing. So why did Jesus love him? You know, the, 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 I'm sure Mary and Martha were being accurate when they said, you love him because he probably said, Lazarus, man, I love you. And I think Lazarus probably sat at dinner. You know, Jesus passed by and often stopped at their house. And I think that Lazarus probably would have said, oh, Lord, I'm so glad you're here and just made him feel welcome. I think that his attitude was one of trust. And he's like, Lord, man, you know, I've been thinking, 
about what you said in that sermon. And I, you know what? It's really becoming meaningful to me. And this is how it's changing my life. And you know what? I want you to know, I really believe in you. I am for you. Lord, I am just, I'm just sold out to you and I'll do anything for you. I'll go anywhere for you. And uh, there's no record that, you know, he was, he, we know he wasn't one of the apostles. He just was beloved of the Lord. And, and you know what? Is it possible? Is it okay that we love the Lord? And in just loving the Lord, the Lord chooses us for a great trial, a great problem, and that he could show his glory in us because we are the ones that are most available. You know, in the book of Daniel, it says, Doug, that over and over, <clears throat> at least three times in Daniel 9, 10, 9 and 10, it says, for thou art greatly beloved. So angels showed up to talk to Daniel. Daniel's crying and praying. And the angels show up and say, thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter. I'm come forth because you're greatly beloved. <clears throat> Excuse me. Chapter 10, verse 11. Oh, Daniel, a man greatly beloved. Understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright. <clears throat> Excuse me, Daniel nine or ten nineteen, and said, "O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto thee. Be strong. Yea, be strong." And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened. And he said, "Let my Lord speak, for thou hast straight strengthened me." So Lazarus was like Daniel in that Daniel was the one that was tuned in and sensitive. And when God wanted to do some special things, if you if you remember, Daniel was a captive. Yeah. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. That was today's question. Um, Daniel was uh, chosen to suffer. He, I will show thee great how, how great things thou must suffer for my sake. God told Paul, and so I want I I, I want to love the Lord. I want to trust Him better than I do. And is it okay in in trusting him that the traumas that I go through, by the way, everyone goes through trauma. Is it okay that those traumas that I go through can be much more productive, therefore, to bring glory to God? And maybe those traumas can even be a deeper trauma than the average person because the height of glory and joy is going to be greater because of that. Is that okay? And God helping me, Doug, I want to say yes. Yeah, that's, boy, God's timing is such a big question. And in the way you propose that and put that together, it's so true. Trusting in God's timing, even when it doesn't make sense to us, even when it uh, we see it as bringing terrible hurt to us, but trusting in God's timing is so significant and so important. It's It's part of that whole picture, he's God, I'm not. And just letting God be God. And, and then the glory that comes from suffering just taking on where you were going, brother, is there's so much glory. Uh, there's a ministry of pain. There really is, those of us who suffer from pain. And when you get older, it's real, folks. I, I'm not going to, I, I don't want to misrepresent you. I remember I had been in a, a bad helicopter action. I'd been hurt in, in a rescue kind of training mission. And, and uh, I remember I said, you know, this isn't that bad. And I remember the doctor saying, wait till you're 50. Wait till you're 60. And as we get older, boy, those pains show up a little bit. And uh, Kevin will tell you, it takes a little minute, you know, a few minutes when you get out of bed in the morning to get the head clear a little bit and you, you work your way over to the ibuprofen bottle and you, and you stretch, <laughs> stretch as best you can. But, but 
cup of caffeine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then the caffeine comes. You inject the medicine of caffeine, <laughs> and uh, but I'll tell you, there's glory in that. There's glory in suffering. There's glory in having unwavering faith in the middle of that. There's glory in trusting in Jesus' love. There's glory in trusting in God's plan. There's there's glory in all this. And so as we read this, it comes to mind, well, he loved Mary. He loved Martha. He loved Lazarus. He loves you too. And uh, he especially loves, right? He talks about those people who accepted him, his sheep as being obedient to him, recognizing him, loving him, trusting him. Folks, you're in the inner circle. And so when you get in that inner circle and you're saved because God allows everybody, his arms are open wide. He's, a, he's an open door. Trust God's timing. Trust in the suffering to bring God glory. Be faithful. Have unwavering faith for God. Trust in his love. And folks, the hardest thing ever, trust in his plan for your entire life. There's going to be knuckleheads that come and go in your life, but God never goes anywhere. So if your day's going bad today, just write down, God never goes anywhere. Rejoice in that. Celebrate that. Because God, he wants you to. He wants you to be, he wants you to have joy. He wants you to rejoice evermore. And uh, so hang in there, folks. We really do love you. We look forward to you coming back in the morning. We've got a tough question for Kevin. And hey, when you go out today, wear that smile that only God can give you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.